Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews. Yes, Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast where we watch movies that make you go, hmm. In so many different ways. Yes. So anyway, this is episode, uh, well, I'm going to call this one episode one, because I think that this is going to be the first one. So this is episode one. Um, today we're talking about Beverly Hills Cop. So that lovable 1984 movie with Eddie Murphy. Um, bas- <laughs> there's the laugh. Bas- basically the, the well, well, we'll, we'll get farther than that. So yeah, this is episode one. This is cheap seat reviews. We're called cheap seat reviews because, well, we kind of are cheapskates and, um, we just watch stuff on Netflix and YouTube and we're going to watch movies and we're going to make fun of them and laugh and see how they work and, we're just going to go from there. So you hear people laughing in the background and doing that bad Eddie Murphy impression. So we have with us tonight uh, uh, Cornelius Logan. Um, it threw me out of a window. <laughs> great, great. Uh, Chad Evans. I have nothing witty to say. <laughs> and Sam Vector. <laughs> we did not watch Fat Albert. <laughs> Hey, 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 yeah. hey, hey, hey. hey you, you might say that, that he stole that from uh, from Bill Cosby. So. Anyway. That, that laugh? No. Anyway. That's <laughs> just his laugh. It is what it is. Well, Beverly Hills Cop. So <laughs> let's, let's dive into this thing. 1984 is Beverly Hills Cop. Here is, uh, what is this movie all about? Well, I'm going to tell you what this movie is about. Montages. This movie is... A freewheeling Detroit cop pursuing a murder investigation finds himself dealing with the very different culture of Beverly Hills. And that leads us into the first trope of the movie, the fish-out-of-water trope. Yeah. Which, my favorite fish-out-of-water trope is Die Hard, where Bruce Willis, the New York cop, goes to L.A. Once again, why? Because L.A. is weird. And he goes yes. to L.A. and... Yeah, so (laughs) take your socks and shoes off and make fists with your toes. So, so, so let's just we'll dive into this. Um, so this movie I have not seen this movie in a long time. I thought I hadn't seen this movie, and then I watched it, and then I remembered that I had seen this movie. Um, I, I, I I had a ball watching this movie. (laughs) I, I don't think it's a very good movie, but I laughed. (laughs) And laughed. I, I watched this in my office, and people were sticking their heads in wondering what the heck I was laughing at. Uh, <laughs> does anybody else kind of have the same feeling? Or it had its moments. Had its had its some moments. I was just I more more or less was annoyed with Eddie Murphy, but that's just my opinion, I guess. It a uh, little little too over the top for me. I just kind of like when I was watching. I was like. I've seen that before. I've seen that before. I've seen that before. But here's the thing: Have you seen it before? Before that, or after that? <laughs> you know, I can't answer that question. Right? Like, there might have been some of this stuff that came from all this, all the stupid tropes that we see in movies. Maybe that they came from this movie. I don't know. I mean, this movie is before Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, so it kind of really. Created not it didn't create the buddy cop drama, but maybe I don't know. Corny, what you think? This is actually one of my top five movies of all time for me. Really, this is my my personal list. I don't know what it is about this movie, but I freaking love it. I, I don't know why, because it's really not. A, I mean, and ultimately, 
it's a it's a it's a good movie to watch, but it's not a great movie. And uh, but I, it, it's it's in my top five list. And I, I guess because I'm a weird movie kind of person. So, uh, but anyway, I I don't know what it is, but every time I watch this movie, it's like uh, watching it for the first time. It's weird. Yeah, that is that is. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's weird. That's no, that's fine. That's your movie. It's your it's your it's your thing. Um, this was directed by uh, what's his face. Um, guy, yeah. uh, Martin Brest. Uh, oh yeah. I remember seeing that and yeah. snickering. Yeah. Change your last name, dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> this is not going to be a thing. Sorry. So, so Beverly Hills cop was basically the thing that got him notoriety. He, before this, he'd done some things that I've never heard of. And He's then Saturday Night Live. Yeah, an episode. And then he yeah. did Midnight Run, which was another kind of buddy cop. And yeah. then he did Scent of a Woman, which is a, a very different type of movie. And then he Oscar does Blaster. Meet Joe Black, which, like, Oscar-winning or Oscar-nominated type movie. And and, and, and then his career ended <laughs> with Geely. With a bang. <laughs> um, and he has literally done nothing since 2003. I, I think maybe... Hollywood has shunned him for Geely. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, and of course, this movie stars Eddie Murphy and um, some other people. Judge, what's his name? Um, Reinhold. Yeah, that guy's great and everything. He's the same actor and everything he does, but he's <laughs> he's still great and everything. And um, John Ashton and um, uh, a very hot Lisa Elbacker. Ellie Ellie Backer, I don't know. Al Backer, yeah, she she yeah. was hot. I didn't know that. Of course, she's the only female in the movie. Of course, once again, we have that trope where it's mm-hmm. a guy movie and you have to have one girl and she is it. But who somehow gets taken along on all of these things and is <laughs> is interconnected to all the uh, all the storylines. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and of course, you got Ronnie Cox, who I'm pretty sure is our Star Trek connection for the movie. I think he's done a bunch of Star Trek. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, uh, th- th- this movie was, uh, it was so much fun. The, 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 the banter back and forth. There was some really dumb moments. I got to, I mean, I, I got to say there were some really dumb moments and I wrote down a lot of mm-hmm. notes about this movie. I mean, a lot but again, <laughs> yes, he was running. Uh, he was in uh, Next Generation, The Chain of Command, Part One and Two. I thought so. Oh, I'm I'm such a better person for knowing that now. Shut up. <laughs> so, so I'm going to dive into some trivia real quick. Uh, the, prepare prepare to have your minds blown. Okay, and literally, this one is hard to believe. I'm serious <clears throat> with this. Okay. Ready? Prepare your shock oh, and awe oh, face. Okay. Need to wait. Okay. Ready? This was the highest grossing rated R film in the U.S. until The Passion of the Christ in 2004. Okay? Wow. Now that actually, let's think about that for a minute. This movie, Beverly Hills Cop, made more money than Gladiator, than Braveheart, than... The Patriot? Are you kidding me? Like, this movie. Braveheart won an Oscar for Best Picture, and so did Gladiator. And this movie made more money than it. That just seems... that 
that literally doesn't seem right. Like that's kind of crazy world talk. Well, nineteen eighty four, that was a you know, a different time. Both figuratively, literally, and well Exactly. That's that's what makes it more impressive. That this movie <clears throat> what, sixteen years before Gladiator came out made more money in nineteen eighty four than in the year two thousand? I mean, think about what else came out in nineteen eighty four. I'll Everything. Give you a couple minutes. Everything came out in 1984. <laughs> it's like so the greatest. The, well, it doesn't matter. It was still the greatest year of like film cinema cinema ever. Chad, do your homework. Seriously, pull up 1984 films. You will. Like, I'm pretty sure that Raiders, not Raiders, Lost Ark, The Temple of Doom came out in 1984. Okay, Terminator. Termin- 16 Candles, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Neverending Story, Fine. I stand corrected. These are some good films. Stop it, Sam. No more singing. No more singing. This is not a singing podcast. Yeah. Unless, you know. I love that movie. The singing podcast? No, Never Ending Story. Oh, right. Anyway. Yeah, we uh, digress. So I I actually genuinely thought that that was a pretty interesting fact. Um, And then again, the film was then later beaten again by The Hangover in 2009. Fair enough. So, <laughs> and it's just funny to think that the Passion of the Christ and then the Hangover, those are about as far apart as you can get. Um, well, what about this? Uh, this movie, as it, as it is a rated R movie, maybe it had more um, parents to take their kids to it. Because uh, it's really not that awful. But maybe oh, you know. I don't know. There was a strip club. Yeah, there, there were. There, there was a strip I, club. You're right. I, I, I kind of had to since I was I was you know watching it not at home. I kind of had to fast forward through that little part. Oh, I so, I was at work did. and I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was your your typical 1984 rated or 1980s rated R. We gotta have boobs. You have yeah. it. You have it in Die Hard. You have it in Lethal Weapon. It's just like you always gotta have it somewhere. Um, I don't know why it was such a big thing in the 80s to go, oh, we'll show a girl with her top off. It, it doesn't happen now anymore, you know? Like, not like that. Not like it does now. It's just, it's very different now. It's Well, now we have the internet. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, we have that. I mean, but. <laughs> I just, I think that speaks, yeah. I just think that speaks to the movies of the 80s, that, that that's a thing where. You know, it's a, it's a hard R, so we have to have... I mean, you're right, though, Corny. It, it didn't have a whole lot of... There's not a lot of violence for an action flick. There's actually not a lot of action. I, although, I will say, I, I was fairly amazed um, when the guy got shot, the, his old buddy. That that actually shocked me. I yeah. was, I, was, I, was I, I don't remember ever seeing this movie until this time. Right. But I was sitting there, I was like, whoa, did that just happen? They shot him in the flipping head. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, but but again, again for for uh, most of the, the R is for the is for the language. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I wrote down several moments of moments. That's just quite a new word. <laughs> I sound like Gollum. Sound like Gollum. Moments. Moments of uh, of just people that are just all their character is is just f bomb machines. Like that's all they do is just f bomb. Um, continuing while we'll get back to this in a second, continuing with the trivia, since it's in front of me on my screen, when filming the scenes in the police station sequences, sequences, Eddie sequences, (laughs) Eddie Murphy became very tired. Duh. The crew offered him coffee, but he refused to drink any because he refuses to take drugs of any kind. Eventually Murphy relented and took small sips of coffee to stay awake. 
As a result of his first caffeine intake, Murphy became very energized and ad-libbed the Super Cops monologue. Oh, that is awesome. Actually, wow. I think that's actually kind of cool. That was a really long way to say that he ad-libbed that cool scene, but uh, way to go, Coffee. Um, he should get a sponsor. Yeah. And then last, the last one that this will kind of also, maybe not blow your minds, but I thought this was interesting. David Cronenberg was asked to direct the film, but turn it down. This would have a way different tone with Cronenberg. Who's this? It's David Cronenberg. Who's David Cronenberg? Yeah. Um, I I don't really know how to respond at this point. Mainly because my internet's being too slow right now. Um, he's he's known for such. Uh, oh, also known as the king of. Uh oh. Venereal horror, where the Baron of Blood was born in Toronto. Oh. Oh my. Baron of Blood. Interesting. Yeah, he did The Fly. Oh, the f- he did, yeah. The History, of, of, the violence. History of Violence. Yeah, he's a, he's a violent kind of... So it'd be scanners. a little... Uh, a little darker. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it'd be, you know, going away from the lethal weapon into the, uh, the departed type of territory, I'm guessing. Right. Oh, so, yeah, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, so yeah, it had yeah Eastern Promises. These are some very violent films. Um, yeah. it, it would have had a different. It would have it would have been way darker. Um, um, Which would have been strange with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is bouncy and yeah and fun loving. I I don't think that would have worked. Those pairing. I, I don't either. Who so, knows? Um, so I'm I'm gonna so so that's that. There's there's way more trivia on this kind of film, and there's always mm-hmm. gonna be. But those are the three things that I thought interesting. Uh, some some notes that I that I took of this movie. And like I said, I took a lot, and I'm sure you guys did too. So I'm just going to kind of blast through some of these things and just let me know what you thought. This movie screamed 1980s. <laughs> That's the first thing that I've yes. got on my list. During that opening I... montage. Um, montage. Yeah. I, I, should I play it, Corny? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but the sound's going to get weird here for just a second, but... <laughs> It's time for a month. Yeah. So there's there's your um stuff to mix it. There's so there's your sound. Yeah. So montage. We have your opening montage, which shows Detroit as a barren wasteland of Oh shit. my god. Why yeah. is it always Detroit? Well, and you gotta think, this was nineteen eighty four. Think how bad it's gotten since then. The city is bankrupt. Yeah. You know, and, and how many years down the road we are we now? You know, we're almost what thirty years down the road. Yeah, it's great. Right? Yeah, and, uh, and it's so, always Detroit. It's always this. In the eighties, it was just this dirty, horrible yeah. place. You got what RoboCop was filmed there, and yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, it's this creepy place with red from uh, that seventies show out being killing people with grenades and stuff. I mean, it's just Detroit is this horrible place, and then you go to sunny <laughs> California where everything's perfect. Yeah, and, you know, I was trying to think. I was like, you know, of course they went to Beverly Hills, which is, you know, whitewashed. But I was like, okay, what city besides Detroit would have fit? But there's no real opposite other than Detroit. Well, no, Detroit really is. It Maybe Cleveland? Well, Maybe Cleveland yeah, could but, have been. But no one know, cares about Cleveland until LeBron yeah. showed up. Um, Cleveland yeah. rocks, though, right? Well, I, I think in the 1980s, New York had that stigma of being dark and dirty dark and... Dirty. and only the tough survive New York. Um, 
Yeah. It had that Gotham. feel. Like, okay, you can even fast forward to like the nineties in that 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 dumb action flick, uh last action hero. Yeah. Where they're yeah. in the movie, they're in LA where everything is sunny and bright, and then they go with the ticket back into New York and it's dark and dirty. He kills a guy and no one cares. Like like that's what we think New York is on film yeah. for some reason. But I think in this film I mean, even his shirt was dirty, okay? Like, everything about <laughs> D- Detroit was horrible. Yeah, um, his car was horrible. The streets yeah. were... <laughs> the was... police station looked like a dump. I mean, I mean it's... Everything. Absolutely everything looked horrible. Like, they, I think they filmed it in, like, an abandoned police station. I mean, they, yeah. and it, there's a trope that I didn't even write down. The police station where everything is ridiculous. You know, you got people marching hookers through and pimps and you got drug dealers. That doesn't happen in the lobby. Like, that's somewhere else. But it always happens in a movie. I was surprised they didn't do the trope where one guy escapes. You know, that one guy, he kind of escapes and he pushes a cop down and then he runs through. And then Eddie Murphy just happens to walk in and trips the guy and he falls. Yeah. That happens all the time in movies. I'm surprised it didn't happen in this movie. Um, Speaking of Detroit cops... Uh, I wrote, Detroit cop cars look real dumb, but the L.A. cop cars look real nice. Yes, I noticed that, too. And this is that was a dumb observation of me, but those gigantic lights on the top of the Detroit cars, I was thinking to myself, what junkyard did they get these things from? Those look like and, 1968 cop yeah. cars. Well, what and I'm wondering, I was wondering budget-wise, you know, did they have no budget to buy cars? Because obviously they wrecked a ton. Yeah, they did. Of cop cars, uh, you know, a la Blues Brothers. I'll, I was thinking that. Yes, yes. Like I'm thinking uh, it's like, where do they, they have to get like the same drivers from Blues Brothers. I mean, <laughs> like I've seen that. It's like, yep, ba, 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 two, ba, ba, three, four. We always find a way to sing in this show. This cast is great. <laughs> no, you're right. The, it, it, that's an 80s trope. Again, that's an 80s thing. I'm looking back at my fond mem- memories of the 80s movies, and they always have these scenes where – you have the cops being chasing the bad guy, um, yeah. and they're terrible drivers. Like, yep. how are you cops? I don't, <laughs> I don't get this. Like, uh, there's, there's a couple yeah. other movies um, that does that, but yeah, it's just those cop cars were. I don't know if it was a budget. I think it was intentional to make Detroit make it look, look Detroit. Poor, you suck yeah. so much that you have to use cop cars from 1968. <laughs> yeah. uh, what were you going to say, Jeff? So. And it just seems like the cops are, unless you're Eddie Murphy, the cops are so dumb. Right. Like the, and the, the white cops are just really, really dumb. And it's not even that's the fact that they're dumb. They're dumb and mean. Yeah. Yes, like they yeah. were mean to them. They're like, oh, you want some cigarettes? Like, shut up, douchebag. The guy almost died. <laughs> like 50 cops just crashed in the back of his van and you're completely just like whatever so and they always got that one know-it-all he's like well you should have done this right yeah oh uh, talking about uh, Paul Reiser uh, yeah well <laughs> well this isn't my locker <laughs> oh my gosh that guy is such a whatever he is he's he's that in everything because he was that same character in Aliens when yeah. uh, when they're trying to you know he's that guy the money guy he plays the the the, the Giovanni Brusisi guy, whatever his name is, from Avatar. Avatar, you know, the money guy, you know, the um, corporate goon, basically. Yeah, only in this movie, yeah. he's not the corporate goon. He's just the dumbass friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, actually, I think I would have liked the buddy cop with the two of them. You know, like I think that yeah. would actually have been a pretty fun story. Anyway, so my next note is the hoodlum friend. <laughs> All cops have to have that one hoodlum friend. 
And 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 I I don't know if that's a thing. It seemed like it was in this movie. I, I think I've seen it in other movies, but it was really weird to me. But he comes in, he's like, "Hey, you want to do this?" He's like, "No, man, I'm a cop. I can't do." Like he kept having to remind his <laughs> dumb friend that he was a cop. Like I, that's, that seems weird to me. I don't, I don't know. And and in what life were they friends? That was that, I just didn't get that. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, they're in the high school. Um, he, Jenny, and uh, Michael Tendino is. Uh, as he as he was named, um, knew each other in high school, and that's okay. when uh, Eddie Murphy was a uh, a car stealing maniac, apparently. Yeah, again, uh, and he's and he's still able to become a cop. Interesting. Yeah, that's in, that's, in Detroit. In Detroit. In Detroit, it's fine. <laughs> that works in Detroit. Yeah. So that so continuing on, all cops have vacation vacation time coming. You ever notice that? <laughs> Whenever they you're off the case, that's okay. I got some vacation time coming. Like. All cops have vacation time coming. I I, I want that job. Um, <laughs> where I can crash. Can we please can we please talk about the angry commissioner or oh, yeah. the angry chief? Oh, talk please. about a trope. And I and, and there was no other level to this guy other than pissed off at Eddie Murphy. Pissed off, yeah. <laughs> and he said he said the line the phrase. This isn't my quote of the movie, but he said a quote, and I I had to take a minute because I laughed so hard and I thought to myself. Should I should I be offended? Um, when he said, "I got to get down to my quotes," I want to make sure I get it. I didn't just walk out from the cotton fields. I I couldn't help but laugh at that, and I'm sitting here thinking, "This is 1984. Are we still using racial jokes like that?" But I guess would we you, were. Would in you? Detroit. Would you? Uh, <laughs> of course, in Detroit. Right. Uh, so, um, <laughs> would you would you find it hilarious to know that that exact quote has been said to me? When I was ten. Oh my gosh! Really? <laughs> so I was uh, I was at home and uh, I was telling my mom about this thing, or something was going on. She goes, "Does it look like I came out to Cottonfield, son?" I was like, "Wait, what?" And then, of course, I see this movie. I was like, "It's a thing! It's a real thing!" Wow. <laughs> well, I, I, I laughed. I mean, I laughed out loud in my office at that because that's not something I expected to hear. But then again, I'm not watching movies from 1984 very often, but. He drops that, and then like eight minutes later, Eddie Murphy drops the N-word. I'm like, oh my gosh, are we still doing this in 1984? But I guess we were. So that was something else that I, that was one of my other notes that I put was um, just kind of these, this, this weird racial overtone that, again, like Sam mentioned, like L.A. is whitewashed. You got Eddie Murphy, the, the, the weird, strange black guy from Detroit who says things that Corny can say <laughs> that I'm not allowed to say, but... <laughs> Like Damn. getting thrown out of a window? Is that, is that what you mean? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he threw me out of a window. Um, but you know, uh, a lot of black men make people nervous. Well, that's actually my uh, one, two, three, I put my ninth more note down uh, that I learned something from this movie. And you should always learn something when you watch a movie. I learned that if you want to get your way in life, you either need to be loud or gay. Yes, uh, or loud and gay, and then right. Well, he wasn't loud and gay. He was just, you know, you want to tell, tell him I have the herpes, and you need to um, herpes oh, simplex ten, herpes simplex ten, and yeah. So <laughs> just oh, do whatever you want to. That by all means, go talk to this billionaire over here, and who I'm sure you are his type. It just seemed ridiculous <laughs> to me, but again, it made me laugh, which was the point. Um, but yeah, if you want something in this world, just be loud or gay and pushy. 
you know, well, just yeah. never back down. Oh, yeah, you just got to – in their face. Like when he was the uh, quote-unquote inspector at the docks or whatever, that, that, and he's like, <laughs> I'm going to have the IRS coming here and, like, just just threaten people with stuff, and they'll let you do whatever you want. I mean, so – Speaking of the IRS, uh, there was the uh, the old um, 80s cop movie trope where uh, your badge then makes you a part of every department in the world. Right, right. <laughs> I'm a Detroit cop, therefore I can do whatever I want in L.A. And not not only I can, I'm a customs inspector. I'm a you're right. It's exactly that. Um. Uh, next, next, let's see. Um, did you guys notice that the the head bad guy was wearing a bathrobe as a suit? Did anyone else notice that? Wait, what? No. Where the the scene when Eddie Murphy kind of breaks into his office before he gets thrown out the window. He's he's lounging back with that that You're stu- right. stupid smug look on his face. He's wearing a tie and a shirt and his coat is a bathrobe. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a jacket that comes across and he actually had a, a thing in front that tied like a bathrobe. And I, I couldn't I couldn't take anything else he said in that scene seriously cuz he was wearing a bathrobe talking with that other guy. And why are all bad guys not have hair? No bad guy had hair in this movie. They're all balding. What's wrong with these people? It's, it's L.A. Bad people bald. I guess it's L.A. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess. Uh, Alan yeah. Rickman, though, he had some good hair. Um, <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I just, I couldn't. I, that part with the bathrobe just blew me away. We've got the, um, uh, yeah. And then my next one is: Did he just throw him? Did he have to throw him through the window? Like. <laughs> You, you could get your point across by opening the door and throwing him out into the street, but no, we're going to throw him through the window and then yeah. make our our company have to buy a new window. That seemed real dumb to me, but but then you don't get that cool line where he yeah, says, I didn't set up the line otherwise. He, yeah. he threw me out a window, so um, which he used multiple times throughout the movie. Um, did you guys see the Delorean in the movie? No, I where did. was the Delorean? There is a Delorean. <laughs> Um, when he goes and he's checking out the bad guy's house and then he gets the, they're driving away, the c- camera pans across and there's a DeLorean parked on the street. <coughs> yeah. I didn't catch it. Oh, I was it's all Michael over Michael J. Fox coming in and out of it. He was going, Doc, Doc, <laughs> the Libyans are coming. Or something like that. Like, <laughs> I can't do a Michael J. Fox, clearly. Um, it just not. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 I wrote anti-banana disguise. I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, <laughs> here, Billy, we've got something for you. It's an anti-banana disguise. Yeah. Oh, they, yes, a, yes. The glasses. Right, right. Yeah, that was real dumb. <laughs> I, I, and then I wrote next to it, douchebags. So that makes more sense now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And the, again, we're in L.A., so naturally the douchebag cops in L.A. are just different douchebags. But they're the same guys. In fact, it would have been funnier if they would actually had the same actors. Just come yeah. down and play the same douchebag parts, and we probably would have like known a, a wig or you know, something. right, right, you know, and yeah. just change their names, and we go, hey, I think every cop station has or police station has douchebag cops. I kind of um, wrote down that uh, you get a lot of these um, dueling uh, detective teams. You've got the one team that does something, and they kind of mess up, so they give it to the other guys. You definitely see it in um, Bad, Bad Boys, Boys too. Yep. Yep. Yep, where the guys are always the, the racial slurs back and forth with each other. Hey, isn't it high tide? Didn't you got to go down to the beach and pick up your family? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that that movie is full of some good racial tones. If you want to be in, you know, if 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 you're incensed by such things, don't watch Bad Boys Two. Um, that movie does make me happy. Um, I'm just I feel like I'm just going through these notes, but I mean the the trope yeah tropes you got cops drive bad cars. Um, mm-hmm. Don't go do the thing, so I go do the thing trope, you know. Don't you dare go to L.A. and investigate this. Okay, I got some vacation time coming, and then I'm going to go do the thing. Um, Think, I, thinking about trying that at work, you know. Uh, don't you work on the computer? I've got some vacation time coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then my last trope was banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> That's not a thing that works, but apparently it does. And as long as you, uh, as long as you bribe them with fish... You can stick banana in the tailpipe, and oh my gosh, that scene was so... And the guy that gave him the bananas was, of course, gay. Did you notice that? In L.A., you are either bad guy, female, or gay. Or gay. <laughs> and you didn't you know that uh, that guy was Damon Wins? I knew it was a I way thought of that brother. was, yeah. Yeah, okay. There's your trivia for the day. Awesome. I, I thought that was. Um... Uh, oh, I wrote, I love it when people with funny accents swear. So the head bad guy had that weird kind of, I don't know what he was like. Austrian slash yeah. and when he Italian. Was, when he know. dropped the F-bomb, I laughed out loud. Because <laughs> it was so funny when people, because you know, it's like it's funny when you see like a black French guy and you go, that, that seems weird, you know? And then you hear them swear and it's even funnier. Or... <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I just think it's funny when other people from other cultures and their weird accents swear. It just makes me laugh. I know we didn't invent curse words as Americans, but we we invented everything else, so why not? Um, uh, what else did I write? Oh, Rosebud. I called him Rosebud. That's not his name. What, what's his name? Rosewood. Um, Rosewood. I call him Rosebud. He's a sled. Um, he did a real quick 180. Did you guys notice that? Like, He's yeah. sitting in the car. I don't want to go in. I don't want to break the rules. I don't want to break the rules. Not only does he go into the to the to the warehouse and does ultimately nothing, he's ready to storm a fortress with that little thirty eight special of his. Man, he was he was ready to go like in an instant. I thought that seemed really quick. Well, I wrote down the. I said uh, in a matter of four minutes, he broke every law that he would have never ever broken. Before he met Axel Foley. <laughs> it's so true. Which makes his character great in the second movie, but that's for another podcast. But in, in the second movie, he goes like hardcore. Like he has an arsenal in his trunk. Um, uh, so anyway, I thought that was weird that he was just so ready to, 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 to do the flip on, on that. Um, yeah, I wrote, I literally wrote Rosebud did a quick 180. Five minutes earlier, he didn't want to go in the warehouse, and now he's willing to give it all up. We have to do it, Sarge, but you'll be suspended. I don't care. I have to do it for this girl I've never met. And, <laughs> and for Axel, Axel Foley, who, for the most part, has been complete dicks to us to this movie, except at the stripper scene. Um, <laughs> uh, and here's the, the thing that killed me. Again, I'm laughing out loud at this part of the movie. It's the end of the movie. We've had the storming of the castle, which, by the way, I... That didn't really hold up to me. I, I thought that part was real dumb. It just... Oh. <laughs> I, I understand that this is a kind of an action comedy. I don't need you to watch... I don't want to watch 10 minutes of Taggart trying to climb that damn wall. Oh, by the way, did you realize they didn't even have to climb the wall? They didn't. Because as soon as he went over, Rosewood just ran up some stairs. Right. Like, it was... Literally. The, ran. It was... That was real dumb. 
<laughs> um, and then he's using his thirty-eight special against guys with machine guns. Yes. And Tiger's got that shotgun, which is usually buckshot, but maybe it's a slug. But still, like, and they literally did. They don't literally. They literally don't do anything. They serve no point nope. because they nope. come in. They fire some shots. Rosewood does. I'm the police. Put your gun in, and they shoot at him which is the comic relief, and then SWAT shows up, and they actually save the day. Those Maybe. two idiots on the ground, and then they stay on the ground. They lie on the ground. They were literally useless. <laughs> so, um, and then they, they had the cool... And, and can we just mention, too, that uh, the uh, the bad guys must have gone to the Imperial School of Shooting? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> machine guns, I mean, and they couldn't hit the broadside of... I swear, the pottery budget in this movie... Must have been out of this world. Oh, yeah. Which is why they couldn't the, pay for the cars. All the pots and statues that they destroyed. Pottery Barn was like, yes. <laughs> the other thing that kills me is when you have, um, and I understand why you have to do it, when you do the squibs in the ground, you have the, the electronic squibs that you run the you know, the battery wire over to shoot down the ground. Mm-hmm. So the bad guy can't hit this man, this large six-foot-one <laughs> 230-pound man, but in a perfect line on the banister four feet behind him in about six six inches wide, he shot a complete perfect line. Now, of course, that's <laughs> where they put the squibs, but that kills me. Like, really? You can't hit the guy standing there, but you hit this perfect neat line? That, that stuff kills me. Again, I know why you do it, but it was yeah. real dumb. The storming of the castle part was just... None of it was believable at that point. And then the part that killed me at the end, I'm literally hands in my head, head in my hand, um, smacking myself in the face. Foley has been shot, okay? He in the is, shoulder. He's bleeding. Not only has medical personnel not seen him at all, but then they have to stand around and get their story straight for like nine minutes. And he's just, all right, Foley, you're good to go. Go get yourself cleaned up. Really? You don't even give me the trope where the guy comes up to to work on him and then he says, "No, nah, man, I'm good." And refuse. Oh. We don't even get that moment. He's literally bleeding on the side of the street and I'm like, "Oh my gosh. Somebody please get that guy a band-aid." It was killing me. So, uh, anyway, um what's he doing here? Bleeding, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my moment where that I That was laughed. my moment. Uh so, uh, and then I had one. I, I actually had another trope. This is one of. Oh crap! Sorry, my computer just went to sleep. Oh no! I hope it's not killing the recording. This is great radio, by the way. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite trope of the movie, besides the angry cop. I love this trope. Hmm. This is a bag of drugs. I wonder what it is. I know. Stick I'll it. stick my <laughs> finger it. in it and taste it. <laughs> yep, that's heroin. You would that's never do that. Drug. Cops would never do that. Why do you know what heroin tastes like? Well, because back in his youth, you know, he's such a... <laughs> like, what if that's arsenic? You just killed yourself. What if that's um, the anthrax? Like, like... He's from Detroit. His immune system is amazing. Uh, yeah, because they just pump that crap into the air. <laughs> you think it's smog? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's doing improved cocaine. Uh, <laughs> It just killed me. It just it just really killed me. Um, that and I'm going to do that one day. And I've seen that in other movies. And like like I love the show Castle, but she did that in that movie. And I'm like, come on, 
don't do that to me as the audience because we're not that dumb. We know you carry kits with you that you put the drug inside, you shake the bottle, it's green, therefore it's heroin. I don't need you to lick it like you're <laughs> some damn horse licking a salt lick. Like it, that kills me. That, that, that trope needs to die. It's funny, yeah. but it still needs to die. Uh, anyway. Uh, sorry, I had to get a swig of my uh, root beer. I know I'm a bad boy. Um, anyway, have, I've, I've run out of notes. I've cruised through them all, but anything, have anything else they want to add to this? Uh, let's see. Pottery, she getting shot up. Um, trope, uh, angry commissioner, sheriff, whoever that guy was. Um, oh, some butts. I, want, I do want to talk about this for a second. Eddie Murphy's career. What the hell happened? Yeah, where was where did he exactly jump the shark? I is it the Nutty Professor? That well, the Nutty <laughs> Professor was somewhat funny, right? So is it Pluto Nash that killed it? Yes, that's the movie. I mean, he he's making these movies. The, the this is a trilogy. Um, each one is it has its own uniqueness. Um, and then he does. I don't know. I don't have IMDb pulled up right now, but what else does he do? I mean, he does, he's obviously done some great stuff. Otherwise he wouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. so... Let's see. He does. Yeah. So he does, he does this movie and then he does like, uh, he does the voice of Mushu and Mulan, which is actually one of my favorite things that he did. Um, he's obviously great at voiceovers. Or, you know, he, he does obviously great in donkey with, um, Shrek. Dr. Doolittle was fine. Holy Man was okay. Life was interesting. And then he starts doing... Then he does Shrek. And I think... Yeah, Shrek. And then Dr. Doolittle 2 got kind of dumb. And then Showtime was real bad. And then Adventures of Pluto Nash, I think. So 2002... See, Daddy Daddy Daycare, though, wasn't terrible. I mean, it's a... It's what that is. Then he does Haunted Mansion. Father of the Pride... What is that? What is that? Is that oh, an animated? A, yeah. Then he does he does Dreamgirls, but he's not the heavy in that. He's just the guy. Then he does Norbit. I think Norbit is kind of where we start really seeing the end, because that movie I heard was horrible. Shrek the Third was kind of dumb. Meet Dave, not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shrek Forever After, not good. Not his fault, though. Tower Heist, now we're getting into some real garbage. Oh, my gosh, they're making another That's Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> I'm a little scared, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah, you start wondering, you know, one, one of the things that drove me crazy about the movie was just being the, the loud and obnoxious. I'm not a big fan of that style. And I'm wondering if that just finally got old. You know? Hey, Chad, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I'm just making sure, because Skype has an alert by your name. I just want to make sure you're still with us. And he's probably, you know, flatlining. I am. Chad's having a heart attack. I don't know what's going on, but there's a, literally a, a yellow sign with a with an exclamation point over it. I don't know what that means, Skype. But oh, uh, Chad has a quest. You need to go talk to him. Oh, <laughs> I have a quest. I have no idea. Okay, well, whatever. So, uh, so Eddie Murphy is still obviously a thing. So let's just do this real quick. Just take three minutes. Think about it. I'm going to go first. Favorite Eddie Murphy movie? I know I said I loved him in Mulan as Mushu. He cracks me up. When he says, because most of his dialogue is one-liners, which is what he's great at. He's great at delivering those one-liners, the deep dialogue. He's not, to me, I don't think he's real great at. 
I like it when he says, what, haven't you ever seen a black and white before? While he's riding a panda. Like, that's funny. Um, dragon, I'm not a lizard. I don't do that tongue thing. Like, again, one-liners. But I still think that my favorite bit that he ever did was trading places. That's where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not because it's him. I think it's because of the cast with Dan Aykroyd and yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. I think that movie is just fun. I think that movie works today because it still has that that sense that we have this super rich being super douchebags and treating poor people, or Eddie Murphy's case, and, well, they, they in their eyes, Dan Aykroyd is a, not a rich enough person to matter, and they just destroy their lives. Um, and I, I think that, that kind of speaks today still. I think that's why that movie, I think, still works today. Um, uh, Sam? Uh, I'd, I'd go with Trading Places, but I, I really liked Coming to America. Right. Yeah, that thought- was mine. I thought that was that was a classic, very very classic, um, and you know, kind of the same thing, fish out of water type of thing that he's he does so well, just because he is such a personality that you do not see on a daily basis. Sure. So, so we basically in Eddie, in Eddie Murphy's esteemed career, eighties between the four of us, we like two movies. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say I really liked his I really liked Sh- the Shrek. And, you know, how he voiced Donkey. I think that that was a really good uh, pairing between the uh, between the two. Of course, it's animated, but, I yeah. mean, you know, cake. Everybody loves cake. You still, you still are, you're still acting even as you're just doing voiceover. I mean, we've all yeah, seen I mean, movies think, that have bad voice acting, so. Right. I mean, I really I really liked the the dynamics between him and and the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the. Uh, Mr. Myers. Uh, Mr. Myers. Mr. Mike Myers. Uh, oh yeah, that, Austin Powers. That dynamics. Yeah. I think that that was really. I, I really liked it. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the Shrek Shrek sure. One is really good, and I like Shrek Two. Uh, the other ones are garbage to me. Yeah, um, I didn't. Yeah. I, I I I like Shrek Two because they make a giant gingerbread cookie and they storm a castle. See, that's that's storming the castle. I like this one movie <laughs> not so much. Um. So. Uh, well, there you go. So I, I'm 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 running out of things to talk about. Except, um, uh, I usually at this point ask the question: uh, your favorite quote of the movie, something that you kind of feel like either a sums up the movie or, or, or how you feel about the movie. Um, uh, Chad, what you got? Uh, I was going to go with the, uh, uh, what's he doing here? Bleeding, sir. That was just, that just stuck out in my mind. I was, <laughs> But I know that I think that what stuck out in Corny's mind too, but I think he might have been going for the windows bit. All right, Corny, uh, what you got? I'll go with something different. I just bet you're the pride of your department in Detroit. Right. Thank you, Roddy Cox. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. Sam, what you got? Uh, mine is once again uh, dealing with the difference between Detroit and LA. Uh, this what was it? This sure is nice. Uh, a nice police car. This is nicer than my apartment. Right. While while he's being arrested from for being thrown out a window. And, and couldn't you see him as Shrek or as Donkey when he said that? Like, oh my gosh! In the back seat. Like yes. I was expecting him to go. And in the morning, I'm making waffles. <laughs> Although he did have that pizza bit. Hey, I ordered pizza. Somebody's gonna eat it. Y'all need to. Can I? Can I wait? 
Got a phone in the You guys got a phone in here. That's nice. That's real nice. Yeah, I mean, again, his one-liners <laughs> like are great. That boulder. That's, That's a real a nice, nice boulder. boulder. <laughs> like all his one-liners are great in this movie. I, I I did enjoy this movie. I just thought it was real dumb. But then yeah. again, I love Bad Boys too, and that movie kind of sucks. But I have a ball with it, you know, and um, so and that's okay. Uh, so my quote, uh, I, I wrote down two. I wrote the first one was the I didn't just walk in from the cotton fields, um, <laughs> but the other one was he walks out and he goes, "Is this your car?" And she says, "No." And Beverly <laughs> Hills, we just take whatever car is closest. <laughs> I like that. It's that it's that L.A. snark because I'm better than you because I live in L.A. Yeah. Um, here's something weird though. The poster of the movie has him leaning up against this vintage Mercedes convertible. Did was that car ever in the movie? Yeah, that was yeah. uh was that was Jenny's car. That yeah. was Jenny's car. It was her car. See, I don't remember. That's right. Yeah. Okay, yep. Okay. Yeah, you're right. See, now you say that I remember that, but why is he leaning on it in the poster? Like, because it's a Mercedes, and he's from Detroit. He should be leaning up against his dumb Nova. Um, his same crappy blue Chevy Nova. From yeah. <laughs> so anyway, well, let's uh, let's let's tell him to kind of wrap this puppy up um, yeah. and put it on, put a bow on it. Since it is Christmas, um, so if you're gonna give it uh, ten. Eddie Murphy laughs out of 10 Eddie Murphy laughs. <laughs> uh, fat Albert. Um, uh, Chad, what do you give it? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it uh, a nice solid six. Six, okay. Uh, Sam, what you got? I got uh, four friends shot in the head out of 10. <laughs> nice. Oh, no, with no blood. <laughs> no, I believe there was some splatter. I, think uh, I saw no splatter. Okay, corny. No splatter. I'll have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, again, it's one of my top five movies of all time. So uh, it gets a it's um, uh, nine broken windows. Out of oh, ten. That's what oh. I was gonna say. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say next. Nice. Well, I, I would probably give it probably probably six and a half bags of heroin that you licked. <laughs> Um, six and a half, seven, maybe seven, because I had yeah. it was it was funny. Um, yeah. It was it had you know naked girls, so I mean yeah, I, I can't. I do like how again, not the heart, but too much back going back to this that LA cops kind of suck, and only Detroit cops are good. It's like they're at the strip club, and he is the only one that notices the suspicious guys walking into the club. And I like how Rosebud is completely oblivious. Like, he has no clue what's going on. This is a cop in L.A. He's a detective. Like, he was terrible. Like, he yeah. truly was a terrible cop. Like, you, you, you root for him because he's the Charlie Brown. That's why I don't like him. He's the Charlie Brown of this movie. I just realized oh. that. He's just not depressed. He just sucks. So anyway, well they don't they they never have to deal with crime in in, in L.A. or Beverly Hills because it's that's right you know it's a perfect place you know no one was down in the uh, holding cell where he was right? it was just him yeah and it was, and it was all a, clean clean and just new you know what it reminded <laughs> me of as soon as you said that there's no crime it reminded me of what cops are like in the Demolition Man. Yeah, uh, in yeah. Dem- in Demolition Man, with all the cops are they've forgotten what. Because there's no crime and there's just Taco Bell. That's a good movie. We should do that movie. 
I haven't so. seen that in forever. In fact, I don't. I don't even remember that part. So oh, maybe that. They have the glow rod, the glow stick, and the shells. Don't forget the shells. Man. Oh yeah, the three shells. How do you work the shoe shell? I can't do a Stallone. Um, I, I, I would oh, speaking of Stallone, <laughs> that's perfect. How about this? I saw in the trivia that this original script was written for Stallone. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, too. that would have been an awful movie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like hearing a black guy do a bad Italian impression. That's awesome. Man. I love it. <laughs> well, anyway, so we're excited. I'm going to wrap this puppy up before we get too far by. <laughs> Into the black. Um, special thanks goes out to. <laughs> I didn't mean that for that to come out racist. I'm just. It's okay. It's okay. Um. So stupid me. I've already done the outro and then forgot to talk about what we're doing next. So next week, corny. What are we doing next week? Uh, next week we'll be doing Olympus has fallen. Olympus has fallen. The Gerard Butler joint where bad guys attack the White House. Not to be confused with. The Channing Tatum joint where bad guys attack the White House. The White House. Now, the, the question is, are well, are they both the same bad guys? No, they're not the, no. both the same okay. bad guys. I haven't, I haven't seen one. Um, so. no. But the same uh, bad guys as uh, Independence Day? Uh, back <laughs> in the White House? No. No, no they're oh. not aliens shooting from the sky. Well, what uh, good so, is it? Right. Um, but there is stuff shooting from this guy. So, yeah, so, so, so check in next time for, for why our Olympus has fallen. Yeah, I did it again. Um, and, and also we do this at the end of the show and I forgot to do it again cause I suck and whatever. Um, what are we watching? What are we watching? Do we watch it on Netflix or live TV, whatever. So Ch- Chad, what are you watching nowadays? Actually, I made my kids, uh, watch a, a, br- a bridged edited version of this is spinal tap today. Holy cow. Well done. Yeah. Your middle schoolers or high schoolers? Eh, who cares? What'd they think? What'd they think? They didn't understand it. They don't get it. I had to stop it and explain it, how how this stuff was funny. Did you crank crank it to 11? I did crank it to 11. Well, there you go. Uh, Because I needed that extra little bit. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Corny, what you watching? Uh, actually, I have uh, started watching a, a little short series on uh, YouTube uh, called uh, Death Battle. It's where they take some of our favorite characters from our youth and they pit them uh, in a uh, a battle to the death. Uh, you have uh, such fights as He-Man versus Lion-O. <laughs> uh, you also have... Um, Goku versus Superman, wasn't it? Goku versus Superman is one of them. So, yeah, it's uh, surprisingly entertaining. <laughs> Ooh, fun. That sounds real bad, um, but awesome. Uh, Sam, what are you watching? <laughs> I have uh, I've been a bit on a foreign movie kick, actually. Um, today, yeah. I, yeah. Today I watched the Norwegian film uh, Troll Hunters. Oh my gosh! I heard that was horrible. Where they go and hunt trolls? It's very self-explanatory. And then uh, I watched uh, Thirteen Assassins, which is a Japanese samurai movie, which is awesome we we really should check it out right and then i watched uh the original hunger games uh which uh it's a japanese movie called battle royale have you ever heard of that one uh, uh, does it have y- cheese yes yes yeah oh, it ooh, that's battle, a movie we need to do battle royale which is basically I, I, it's hard to explain it there's no reason to really put these they, they say you know, the usual 
kids don't respect their elders anymore, so let's put them on an island and have them kill each other. So that's basically the plot of the movie. <laughs> so Lord of the Flies? No, it's not even Lord of the Flies because it's, it's it really is kind of hard to explain. They have to kill each other. They have oh. to. Otherwise, their heads explode. Oh, oh Spider Games. Sounds like scanners. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. um, uh, I'm, what am what I watching? watching son? What, what am I watching? Well, let's see. Um, I, I've I've been getting back into I, I've 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 caught up on Arrow, okay. uh, which I have just immensely enjoyed, and is and as as much as it pains me to say, it is better TV than Marvel's Agents of Shield. And Agents yep. of Shield has a budget twice the size of Arrow. Um, yeah, I'm still on season one and and getting through it when I can. And that it really is a good show. It, just, it really it, is. the writing is so interesting. the The thing that that kills me is they do that. Uh, Sam, you and I talked about it. That drama for drama's sake kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's she's happy now, and we got to make her pissed off. But yeah. for the most part, the actual comic book story behind it is actually really good and really cleverly done, and. Yeah. There's no magic. <laughs> Bless you. There's no magic, which makes me happy. And yeah, well, um, I mean, he can dodge machine gun fire. Well, again, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, basically what I'm saying is that I'm, I'm I've actually been watching uh, on Netflix the um, the cartoon, the spectacular Spider-Man. Um, it's actually really campy and silly and it has kind of that Japanime feel. Um, it's, it's kind of fun. It's, it's basically the adventures of Spider-Man after the Avengers movie has happened. Mm. Uh, so the helicarrier is a thing and Nick Fury and all the Avengers are, are a thing. Um, and he's basically still just a teenager and he's trying to fit in and he wants to be an Avenger. Uh, he wants to be part of the team, and he interacts with people and um, it, with different characters, and it's it's actually not bad. Um, it's pretty entertaining, and again, if you've ever seen Teen Titans, it's kind of like that same kind of animation, so um, pretty silly, but it's also a lot of fun. So anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, I guess uh, at this point, I'm just going to redo the outro. And I'm also going to cut this, this section out because this is awkward. Um, so <laughs> this is the glory of, of working with um, digital and, and not tape. So with all that being said, well, thanks again for listening to uh, Cheap Seat Reviews, um, where we watch those weird and fun, silly movies that make you go, hmm. So special thanks goes out to Sight and Sound AV at sightandsoundnc.com, uh, to Steve Everett for our intro and outro music. Check him out at steveeverett.net. Uh, like us on Facebook, uh, slash Cheap Seat Reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Cheap Seat Cast. And please send your emails to cheapseatreviews at gmail.com. Send us your feedback. Leave us a comment on iTunes uh, and other fine places where podcasts are sold. And that's going to do it for us. So for me, for Sam, for Chad, and for Corny, don't get thrown out of a window tonight. <laughs> it's my boy, oh.